Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, we're back here at Pad the Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, along with my uh, usual partner in crime, Pat Cotter, and the man who now makes a couple of guest appearances a year, and I'm always excited to get him on the podcast, Jake Meyer. How you doing, Jake? Oh, happy to be back. Happy to have our dynasty draft uh, done and over with just so I know who's on my squad and, you know, very excited. Looking forward to the next year. Absolutely. So this is one of the the biggest one of our biggest podcasts of the year, especially for dynasty. Talk about some of the draft grades. We just had our third year rookie and free agent draft last week. So we're going to talk about the guys, the teams who hit home runs who struck out, what's, what some of our favorite picks were. We're going to hand out some grades, and we're really going to dive into the first and second rounds especially um, and go through some of these picks to give you an idea of where some of these players fell in our draft, and hopefully that'll give you uh, that'll give you a good idea of where, where to select these players down the road. So uh, before we get into the podcast, fellas, um, why don't we talk quickly about, I'm just going to give a, a quick overview of what our league looks like in case, uh, I know we've been over this with our audience before, but I just want to give everybody a taste of of how our league looks, right? So we have a 10-man league. It's a, a super flex PPR. Um, so quarterbacks, of course, carry a little bit more value, and we'll get into that in a second with with the first two picks uh, being Joe Burrow and Tua. Um so this is our third year. Now we have some veteran free agents lumped into this draft as well. So as we go through this, we'll talk about maybe three or four of those top guys who uh, fell in there. So Raheem Mostert was one of them, Darius Slayton, another. We'll talk about those players. Um, but again, this is our third year. And the way we do this is we actually break our, our dynasty league into cycles. So this is the first cycle. Uh, each cycle is three years at the end of each third year, uh, we crown a dynasty champion based on point, a point system. Um, so once the playoffs come around, you can earn, if you make the playoffs, five teams make the playoffs, uh, four seed versus five seed is a play-in game. Um, the top four, the f- top four finishers get points. So first place gets four all the way down to fourth place who gets one. So again, at the end of those three years, whoever accumulates the most point is our points is our dynasty champion. So Jake, Man, you are in the running. This this is big, right, man? I mean, you're you are right on the cusp of contending for a title. You're right there in the regular season, and you're right there in the dynasty overall playoffs. So, why don't you talk a little bit just off the bat of some of how some of maybe your strategy went in general going into this draft, knowing that your team is you know a veteran team that that's on the cusp again of of trying to compete right now. Well, speaking of competing right now, you know, I really tried to actually shop. I had the ninth pick out of our 10-man team. I tried to shop this pick a lot before the NFL draft happened, and I'm glad I never came to a trade because how it turned out in a super flex league, in my opinion, there is nine or 10 really good picks, and then it falls off into a little bit of another tier there, Um, and we'll come to see who, you know, who I took at that ninth pick, but, you know, it was strategy for our three-year cycles is I got to go for the win this year. I'm one point behind the leader. And so I'm looking to gain, you know, in our league, I'm looking to gain some veterans in the later rounds to bolster my bench and, you know, make sure I'm ready for my championship run. 
Absolutely. And we'll talk about your second round pick uh, a little bit later, too. And, and that could be a guy who factors in right away for you. Now, on the other side of that coin, Pat, um, let's talk about your team a little bit. Now, in the first round, you you had the opportunity last year where you made that trade with Dwayne. You got his pick, his first overall pick uh, this year. So you go out and you take Joe Burrow. And then at number three, let's talk about that right now. You took J.K. Dobbins. Why was J.K. Dobbins the selection for you over some of the other running backs? Because I've, you know, we've seen a lot of other analysts and and dynasty owners who say, well, maybe Clyde Edwards Slayer is the guy there, or Jonathan Taylor is the guy there. Why was Dobbins the pick for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I like Clyde Edwards Slayer a lot. I know we. I kind of saw him as a right, like a tier one B guy before the, the draft and then he went to the best situation you know he went to the Chiefs I think that he's going to be a very productive player and if I was a competitive team I would have taken Clyde Edwards because I think he's going to be a stud year one um, I do have a little bit of worry with about a timeshare with him with Damian Williams I think he's the better player and he'll win out but I don't think Damian Williams is going away so I think that's going to take away from you know the potentially his you know RB1 upside now my boy, J.K. Dobbins, and I know Jake was a big fan of this pick as well. Um, uh, I I think he has real star potential. You know, he went to an offense is honestly a lot like what they ran at Ohio State. You know, a lot of RPOs. You have to, you have an athletic quarterback that's going to take some focus off of you. They, and I think he's going to be running through pretty big holes, kind of like he did at Ohio State. And I see real star potential with him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is going to be a guy that is a perennial high-end upside RB2 that you're going to be really happy with. But I see Dobbins as that guy that could be that RB1, the best running back in the league in two, three years, you know, once um, once Mark Ingram's gone uh, or he even beats out Mark Ingram, you know, we could see, even see a situation like what we, do- we saw with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb um, where, you know, they just realize that, you know, hey, J.K. Dobbins is already better than Mark Ingram. We got to get make sure he's getting the ball. And we could see him explode this year, but this is more of a long-term play for me. You know, my team isn't ready to compete this year. Even if I had a, a miracle run, I, I just don't see it. And I'm trying to get set up for our next three-year cycle. And that's why I went with J.K. Dobbins over Clyde Hedberg Solaire. All right. Awesome. Awesome analysis there. Um yeah, I I think you know this is this was a tough one, right? I think if I was in your situation, I would have been back and forth as well on some of these guys. I don't think Dobbins is a bad pick at all. I I, I could see uh, any argument to say that he is the the right pick there. I think either of those guys, really, like you said, are they're both going to be impact players. Um, so yeah, I I like the pick. You're you're setting yourself up hopefully right for cycle two, and. You get your future quarterback in Joe Burrow, who yep, we'll should st- be on the field right away in Cincy. Absolutely. I guess, and then you get Dobbins. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, why not? Here's a question. Why not Jonathan Taylor? Because most fantasy sites have him as like pretty much the number one. So why not Jonathan Taylor, Pat? Yeah, I always saw, saw that as interesting. I, I, I like Jonathan Taylor. He, I do have some concerns about his patch, pass catching ability. And while... He has an awesome offensive line now, and I can see him producing very well very early. 
I don't know how the whole Philip Rivers experiment is going to go. I don't know if they're going to be a, a team that drafts a good a good quarterback coming up. Although I do, I do like the Colts organization. I think they're solid there. So you know, you, I, that gives me a little bit less pause in terms of what they will have going forward. But I see the Clyde edwards helaire and the J.K. Dobbins situations as very stable in very good organizations with very good quarterbacks. So that's why I went with J.K. Dobbins over Jonathan Taylor because I the long-term situation is a little bit clearer for me. I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a great player. And, and again, another guy that if you're looking for year one value, I think he's going to give it a little bit more than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and I, I don't think it can be understated either, though, like how good that line is. Amazing. In Indy. It's amazing. Th- that that certainly had to make it hard to pass up on. Um, but I, 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 get, I get it. I mean, Jake, where would you have gone in that situation? I would have gone Dobbins at three. Um, okay. And then I had Clyde Edwards behind him and Taylor as my third running back. So Okay, so let me ask you then, how, what, what were your thoughts on, so you had Dobbins and then, I'm sorry, you said Hilaire? And yeah, then Dobbins, Taylor. Hilaire, and then Taylor. Okay, so that's how it went. Um, it went Dobbins at three to Pat, and then Tony got Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and CeeDee Lamb, which, I mean, boy, could it have gotten gotten any better for him there? No. No, not at all. I, I mean, that was I, that's, inc- that's great. He's got to be feeling fantastic about that. Then Jonathan I'm- Taylor, and then go ahead, Pat. I know he was shocked to get Clyde Edwards Lair. I think he expected to be taking Dobbins. Um, or I don't know, Jake, you were in the room with him. Was he taking was he gonna take jo- Dobbins or Taylor? Nope, he was gonna take Taylor. Okay, okay. But yeah, I mean, it kind of that kind of threw a wrench in his situation, but I mean a good one. You know, I think Clyde Edwards Lair for a team like him, he's he honestly needs a little stability. You know, his team has has always been the most the best team in terms of potential, but just never produces on the field. And I, I just don't see Hilaire not producing, you know, so I think that'll be good for him. Um, but yeah, you get CD Lamb as well, who, you know, we all agree uh, is one of our favorite players and um, superstar potential. Yeah, I see superstar potential with him as well. Um, I mean, he couldn't have asked for a better draft. So I ended up going Cam Akers at seven, which is the the guy that I wanted. I needed a running back in this draft. Um, you know, I'm the Le'Veon owner. Uh, you know, I don't know how much more of a run he's going to have in New York. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty thin, right? So I had Tevin Coleman on the bench. But outside of, I mean, I have Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Le'Veon, which is a great stable for right now. But I needed to reload. So I was really happy to get Akers at, at seven. Um, and then Jake, you know, I thought Jonah's pick of Jerry Judy at eight is, is I think, another no-brainer. Very it's an solid. Easy one. And then Jake, talk about your DeAndre picks with at nine. You had to be happy about that. Oh, I mean... After we kind of seen the NFL draft fall and after I knew you liked Aker so much, I kind of chalked it out knowing that I Swift was probably going to follow me. And I just really had to choose between Swift and Jefferson because I was a huge Justin Jefferson fan. Even before the draft, after watching the film, he can just his route running ability is just top notch. So I was I was really I really wanted Jefferson. So the way I wanted to go about this was I was taking Swift at nine. You couldn't pass up the talent there. You know, I feel the first couple of years he might not be something, but I knew the talent will hopefully overtake and I had to take him at nine. So at 10, the person who had to pick 10, I tried to offer a 2022 first because I didn't have my 2021. I tried to offer 2022 first and third. And um, 
he did not take it. Um, I can kind of go from here. He took Keyshawn Vaughn because he needed a running back. So Jefferson still being there, I tried to also trade for the one, or I guess the 2-1 or the 11th pick overall to get Jefferson with a 2022 first and a 2022 third. And um, he still refused my offer. That 11th overall pick was also getting trying to trade with another league member for two seconds next year and a third. He said no and ended up taking Jefferson. Um which Did you is, think he was? We didn't think he was going to take Jefferson. So no, is that he was. Why a, you kind of lowballed him a little bit. I honestly didn't feel like I lowballed him. I feel like that was the best offer I could offer him for that pick. Um, yeah, I mean, like what I'm saying is, like you offered you offered Steve more than you offered D to move up, and you're still getting the same player. So why change yeah. up the? I know it's a it's a lower pick, but I would think you might just. Start with a you know start with a lower value and then move up to that. If, yeah, just no, to get him. No, I apologize if you didn't hear me correctly. I offered a 2022 first and 2022 third on both both players. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. yep. So yeah, I didn't get Jefferson. He ended up taking Jefferson. We all thought he was going to take Rugs. So I was prepared to keep offering that for Jefferson. Um, but Jefferson ended up ended up going 11th overall. Okay, so uh, regardless, I mean, you're 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 pumped to get Swift at nine. Pumped. I mean, you were you were toying pumped. with me a little bit. <laughs> you were you were trying to get me to 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 not pass on Acres, right? Well, I mean, I, I don't. Think you, I don't. I don't I ever. Was, you knew I wasn't going to. I was playing. I was just making sure you wanted Acres. I was throwing out some Acres <laughs> bait there, making sure you liked them even more. I like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Jake, what do you think about your Bucks fan? What do you think about the Keyshawn Vaughn pick at ten? I like the situation personally. When Pat and I broke down his tape. I like the guy, um, but I, I'll be honest with you. I could see a situation where Ronald Jones is the guy there. Don't you agree? I do agree. Ronald Jones seems to honestly have more athleticism. You know, I always worry. People are saying, oh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn stepping into Arians offense. Here comes David Johnson. That's not the case. He's not David Johnson. Is he going to no. be good? Yeah, but I don't know if he, I don't think he can reach that top five running back level. What do you guys think? I would agree. I mean, I, I don't think so. I see him as a as a you know he's a good back. I think he's a a fine back. I don't see him as a you know a top level talent. I kind of see him as a do it all kind of guy. You know he can he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a he's a fine blocker. Um, he's got okay speed uh, and he's got some good power. So I think he can do a lot. And he's kind of a, a, a five tool guy. You know in a sense, but. I don't. Ronald Jones offers you a little more upside in terms of his big playability, so I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, if you I, can go buy Ronald Jones cheap, go buy him now for what? Yeah. Would we say a third or fourth round? I get. I mean, I think you could probably get him. I'd offer start off of the fourth, and then and then you then go for the third. You know, I think that that's a good fair trade with potential really good upside. Okay, so if Ronald Jones becomes a, a key piece in that, you know, what should be a good Tampa Bay offense. Hey, let's talk about really quickly the the 2020 value on some of these running backs. Pat, what who do you think? I mean, look, we we all like these guys, right? Dobbins, Hilaire, Taylor, Akers. I they're all stepping into situations where they should get significant playing time right away. Uh how do you think this is gonna shake out in just this season? Who who's gonna be the top guy in terms of fantasy production out of this group? I go back and, and forth. And that, that I realize that's a tough question, but I go back and forth between Hilaire and Taylor. 
you know, I think those are your two clear top notch guys in terms of this year production. Um, it's just going to depend. It's, I really think it's just going to come down to who, who's, you know, second fiddle ends up taking more of the workload. Like is, is, I don't think Marlon Mack or Damian Williams are going to be out of the picture. Um, I think Marlon Mack's probably a better player, but it's just going to come down to which offense decides to run more of a committee and which one decides to give that guy more of the ball. So I can see it going either way, honestly. Jake, do you agree with that? With the, Do you think those two guys, do you think like Taylor, Hilaire, those yeah. are the two that are vying for, the, for that top running back spot this year? Yeah, um, I do. And I, I honestly think Taylor will be one and Hilaire would be two. Um, only because I think, honestly, the Chiefs are going to keep it with Damian Williams for a little bit, where I think we're going to see a 50-50 split between Taylor and Mack right away. And I think, I don't know, I just feel like the Chiefs are going to not use Hilaire until later in the year to keep him, you know, keep him under wraps, per se. Okay. Um, let's do. Let's have some fun with this first round. Jake, let's, let's exclude, not to pick on Steve, but let's exclude Keyshawn Vaughn from this from this conversation, from this, uh, I guess, category that I'm going to pose to you guys out of the other nine picks in the first round, Jake, I'll start with you. And then Pat, give me a guy who's going to bust. Ooh, I'm thinking if there had to be one bus guy, cause you know, right now we're sitting here thinking, geez, they're all for sure things. No doubt yeah. about it. And we all um, like this draft. I mean, going into this works really excited about this draft. So, right. I'm thinking, Boy, wow, put me on the spot here. I'm thinking Cam Akers, if I had to pick one, just because he was, you know, he definitely had some down points at Florida State, but we all attributed that to the offensive line. But you just never know. And if the Rams offense just totally explodes and, like, everybody leaves and McVay gets fired, where does that leave Akers, you know, in two years? Yeah, as as much as it hurts to hear you say that, because I drafted him, I, I could see that. I could. I could see all those points. I'm a little bit worried about where the Rams are going as a team, uh, at least on offense. Not to say that they're, you know, completely in the gutter right now just because of what happened last year, but I could see it. Uh, Pat, what about you? Who do you think out of those guys? Because I, I guess the reason I excluded Vaughn, if like if I included Vaughn in that question, do you think easy? It be- yeah, he's the easy one. I think well, I think the only other easy one in the group would be Tua. You know, I mean Tua we could easily, I think everybody could see him just busting out because of injury. Um, so that would be, I mean, that, that'd be my go-to just saying to, you know, never gets right. He, the hip bothers him. His ankles are always a problem and he can just never stay in the field. Hey, real quick sees not to, but if Jonah would have took lamb at two, were you prepared to take two at three? I don't think I could have. My, my running back situation is just so bad that I really don't think I could have went there. Okay. I, I, I talked to people pre-draft and like I talked to Mitch, I talked to a couple of different people saying, Hey, if Tua falls to me, what would you trade? Would you, would you take, you know, would you buy Aaron Rodgers for me? Would you buy um, Tua for me? You know, I was trying to sell a couple guys, but in all the offers, I just wasn't getting enough, especially at the running back position to really pull the trigger. Yep. Fair. All right, let's. How about we move on to round two then? Um, let's first get the elephant out of the room and, and address that. And and I really think that's Justin Herbert at fourteen. Given that this is a super flex league, let's talk about that. I've seen P. 
people say, you know, that that's really good value. And I would agree in our format. Um, Pat, what do you think about Mitch taking Herbert at 14 there? I think he's lucky he fell to him. You know, I, I kind of had slotted, you know, whenever I was doing mock drafts of our league, kind of just trying to figure out where people were going to go. I kind of slotted Justin Herbert into Mitch because I know that our, our league doesn't value quarterbacks all that much as well, quite as much as, you know, a lot some sites will tell you that they're worth in terms of super flex value, but Mitch really needed a quarterback. He had, um, he was pretty, pretty thin there. Uh, I don't think he really had a third guy and, you know, go in a 10 team league, you can't, you can't just not have three guys to uh, that are, that are comparable starters. So I think that's Absolutely. exactly what he should have went where he should have went, you know, still on the board. You're looking at guys like T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, Moss, Chenault, you know, all those guys I like, but Herbert is right in their tier. And for a super flex league, you got, you got to pull the trigger there. Yeah. So Herbert goes 14 to Mitch and guys, this is really where the run on receivers went, right? So we talked about Jefferson going at 11 to Dwayne. We thought he was going to take rugs and then Jonah comes back and takes rugs at 12. And then Pat, you get your guy, Jalen Rager at 13, um, which I know you were ecstatic about. So um, I, T. I, Higgins. Almost, I honestly almost traded up. I remember, I remember I was, we were in the, we were in the uh, war room and I was t- telling Jonah, Hey, I'll give you a fifth round pick to move up so I could for sure get Rager and he didn't take it. And I still got my guy. So um, I was, I was pretty pumped about that. Absolutely. So, you know, he's a guy just given the landing spot in Philly. Um, no question. You know, he, he could find himself being a top three Upside. receiver in this class when it's all said and done. I, I really believe that. Um, if he I was mean, even one of the top two guys in this class, when it's all said and done, that wouldn't surprise me either. I, I could see him being the best guy in the class just because he's got no real competition to hold him down right off the bat. You know, I think he's going to walk in and he's going to be at least a, a, the second wide receiver on this team. Um, I mean, you know, you still got Zach Ertz and Goddard there who are going to be very heavily involved as well as Miles Sanders, but he gives them an option they don't really have right now. I mean, you still have Deshaun Jackson, but, you know, he never stays healthy and is he even going to be, make this team. So I I think Jalen Rager is going to be very productive in year one, and I could easily see him being the wide re- rookie wide receiver one, you know, in terms of production this year. Okay, Jake, let's talk about the rest, the back half of that second round. It then went Higgins and then Michael Pittman. I took LaVisca Chenault, Denzel Mims at 18, Zach Moss at 19, Pat took him, and then A.J. Dillon at, at 20. Uh, what did you make of, of the rest of that second round? I loved the Higgins pick by uh, Tony there. That was just a huge, I just think that was a great pick. I think Higgins is going to be great with Burrow. I think that was just a great pick. Pittman fell right where we thought. I would have took Mims over LaVisca Chenault where you took him at. I do probably agree LaVisca could be a great game-breaking player, but I do think Mims has the higher upside if Darnold can get on track. Okay. Yeah. And I know you're a Darnold guy anyway. And, and honestly, I really, I debated that hard. The Chenault Mims was like, I sat there for a couple minutes on the clock and I really wasn't sure which way to go because I do like Denzel Mims. 
Um, I don't love the landing spot. I'm not as big of a Darnold believer though, and I just think the Jets are a um like a cancer of an organization. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah, it just like really worries me. Now, don't get me wrong. The Jags are in no better situation. They're probably going to be a top five, uh, have a top five pick in the in next year's draft. Now, I'm also, I'll be honest with you, though. I was looking ahead on this pick and maybe, maybe this is a little too um, optimistic, but I think that they're going to have, you know, a top five pick next year. And I think they're going to get Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance or Justin Fields. So, my, I'm actually, I was really banking on next year. He's going to have one of those top flight 21 quarterbacks throwing to him after this year or sign, the, or sign the quarterback. They should have this or, off season in James, <laughs> right? Your boy, Jameis. Yeah. Which I, I really thought that they were going to sign Jameis, but um, even for that matter, I thought maybe they would go out and try to sign cam. Um, I mean, I think you're sitting in a fine position either way because, I mean, either either Gardner Minshew comes out and he plays well they don't have an early pick, and then he's got Chenault. You know, Chenault's got him thrown to him, or they suck, and you got Trevor Lawrence or one of those top guys throwing. So, um, you know, the big question with Chenault is the injury history. So you're in a position where you can kind of take that upside because your receivers are so – or so, you know, you have a stacked receiver core right now, so you can use a guy like Chenault whenever he is healthy, and you're not going to take a big hit whenever he does go down. So that's kind of that's kind of nice for you. Yeah, and those are really those are my kind of guys. You know that. I mean, I oh, love yeah. Debo. I love DJ Moore. I like the guys who, uh, when the, after the catch, they can do a lot in the open field. And I think Lavisca offers that. Don't get me wrong; I am worried about him staying healthy too because that you're only as good as your availability. So he needs to stay healthy. Um, all right, guys, what do we think any team? I mean, I thought let, let's take a look at the first two rounds in, in totality here. Um, I mean, you know, Tony, obviously with, uh, um, with CD, with Clyde Edwards, Lair and with T Higgins, I thought he did a great job and Pat, I mean, can't overlook what you did with taking burrow Dobbins and then coming back with Jalen Regor. Uh, I think those are probably far and above the best two. Uh, just, you know, and the fact that you guys both had three picks. Um, Jake, wh- which one of those two drafts did you like the most? To be honest with you, through the first we'll, two rounds. We'll preview my draft grades early here, just two teams. I gave two A pluses out, and those A pluses went to Tony and Pat. You, they couldn't have drafted any better than they did in the first couple rounds there. They couldn't I, have. I agree. You, you couldn't have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I loved everything that happened. I was really praying I could get uh, Denzel Mims falling to me at 19, where I got Mo- Zach Moss. Um, it didn't happen. He went one pick before. But honestly, in the terms of my team needs, I my running back situation is horrendous. So it might have been better for me that I got Zach Moss at 19. Um, but you know, getting my three guys right off the bat, I I just really couldn't have asked for a better a better draft, especially with, with the regular falling to 13 was really what sealed it. If I would have gotten Mims at 19, I'd have been icing on the cake, but you know, I loved it. I mean, I got to throw, I got to throw one more guy out there and that's Corey who did take Mims getting, I mean, he had uh, a lot of picks right at the end of the, the second and early third. So he had, he got Jonathan Taylor at six 
And then he got Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, and then he came back in the third, a little early, you know, I'm going to reveal this early, and he got Brian Edwards at 21. And that's a haul, you know. I mean, that's I, I love every single one of those picks. I think he he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, that's a that, great point. I, I thought Corey did a really nice job with where he uh w- with what he had to work with. Um not, not to make that sound like downplay. No, he did well. He did really, really well. And I mean, I don't. I feel like we'd be we'd be remiss to not mention Jonah as well, who had who ended up with Tua, Jerry, Judy, and Henry Ruggs. He went with the Bama boys with his first three picks. And um, you know, I, I I would rather have Rager over Ruggs, but other than that, he needed wide receivers in the worst way, and he got them. So I, you know, he really had a good draft as well. Okay, uh, Jake, how about somebody who struck out in the first two rounds? Somebody that struck out in the first two rounds pretty much had two swings and misses and maybe a foul tip. That's about it. In my opinion would be Steve. He took Keyshawn Vaughn at 10 overall and AJ Dillon at 20 overall. I think the Keyshawn Vaughn was his foul tip. I think that was an all right pick, not flashy, but I think for his team, I would have either went Justin Jefferson or cause I just don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to give you that upside or even maybe Justin Herbert, to be completely honest with you. He's, you know, he. Or how about, did, I mean, even Jalen Ragor, I would have went there. Even Jalen Ragor, exactly. I would have went either one of those. And the AJ Dillon tick, which is absolutely putrid. Like that was just way too early. He probably could have got him at 26, his next pick at 26. I don't understand why he reached so far on him. Um, yeah, so I definitely think Steve struck out in the first two rounds overall. Definitely the worst first two rounds. Um, yeah, Pat, who would you have taken over Vaughn at, at 10? I mean, for Steve's situation, I actually don't mind the pick. Or do you like, um, okay. I, I mean, he needed, a, he needed a running back. I think Herbert is, comes into discussion. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Herbert, so I probably would have went Keyshawn Vaughn just because he, Steve is right there on the cusp of being able to win the dynasty trophy. And Keyshawn Vaughn does offer some you know, year one production ability. Um, now at 20, if he, if he would have, like, I mean, if he would have what came out and took a Justin Jefferson at 10 and then taken Raheem Mostert at 20, who is, who is on the board. I think that I would have loved his draft. I would have been like, Oh man, you got a, a stud, another stud wide receiver to add to your pretty great core. And you also get, uh, you know, a running back that with production upside this year. So I think that's where the way I would have really liked to see him go, but I'm glad he took who he did because it it helped me out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you you got your guy again at 13, which was, um, yeah, you're you're going to be happy about that for sure. Um, yeah, I I agree with you guys. I you know, I, I just I already kind of expressed how I feel about Vaughn, um, AJ Dillon. I just I really wasn't a fan of his tape when I when I put on the BC film. Now, look, I. I'm not going to know what I'm going to say though about Steve is, and I think we, we can all agree here is he has proven it that, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, and he's, he's had a lot of success both in redraft and dynasty to this point. He won the league last year. Uh, he won the, the redraft league. What? Two years ago. Yep. Yep. Um, and now he's putting he's just put himself in position to, win the first cycle dynasty crown really i mean pat like we talked about this the other night 
This is a year after we had him going into last season. We had him. You had him as what? The tenth ranked. Yeah, we had him at ten. Roster? We had him ten in our power ranks. We said, "Hey, buddy." You know, this is before last year's draft. We had we were like, "Hey, buddy, you have a, a lot of overhaul coming." You know, Tannenhill's gonna. You know, he went and he's a backup now. You know, AJ. You know, he well, he didn't have AJ Brown at that point, but you know, he just had a lot of question marks in his team, and he really showed that if you put in the work and you pick the right guys, you can really make a overhaul your team in one year now and it's, the funny thing is too is i looked at his team last year i remember thinking oh man deontay johnson that was a big reach Devin singletary that was a reach you know i liked aj brown but you know i felt like that was also a reach with whatever he, with, with all where he took him so i've sat here last year and didn't like steve's draft so at, while i don't care for his draft again this year hey i was wrong i was wrong about it last year so Okay, uh, let's approach the third and fourth rounds a little bit differently. I don't want to get too deep into this because it will get a little bit, you know, the way when we get deep into the weeds in the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth rounds, uh, we're running into, you know, a lot of veterans and stuff. Um, what about the third and fourth rounds, Jake? Let's talk about, well, let's talk first about maybe your favorite pick in terms of a rookie, maybe one or two picks that you really, really liked as a rookie. Um, anybody there that stuck out for you in those middle rounds? Well, we had two trades in the third round. Um, one was Tony traded up to three, two to pick Brandon. Ayuk. I think that probably was the pick of the round. He fell farther than he should have. Um, Tony traded a 20, 21 second, which I think that's very fair value. And I think it was a smart trade in Tony's part. Um, and then there was another trade involving myself. I traded a, 2022 third and my fourth this year to actually pat to jump up to three four and get Mostert, which i needed depth at running back um this year to go for that championship run i think those were the two big moves of the um third round yeah absolutely i the you you getting Mostert is uh is really crucial uh i i mentioned that earlier i thought that was good uh a good pick you know just based on where your team's at right now, what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, okay, Pat, what about you? Any Anybody there that you were like, oh, wow, nice nice, nice work, um, kind of a rookie? Maybe any rookies that fell or, or just picks that you really liked? I mean, I liked I liked the, where Corey went with 21, like I said, with Brian Edwards. Um, I thought Tony made a really, really good pick at, tw- at, uh, at pick eight in the third round with Preston Williams. Um, I've liked his talent since last year and he was kind of high on my board um i ended up getting slayton at 23 or at yeah 23 so um preston williams is a little bit i i was slayton was i had a first veteran off the board yep yep took him with the, as a first veteran you took the second one and then um actually another veteran came off the board next with alshon jeffrey and i think that's actually the worst pick of the round um because you know Pre- with preston williams still on the board now roots is kind of going for this year only. His team is very, very old, and he is going for the dynasty title. I still think Preston Williams is the better pick there um, to give him a good upside this year, as long as long term stability. But yeah, groups will. Be I wish good. you guys. We we didn't draft in the same towns, unfortunately. But I wish you guys would have been there when I took my pick at number twenty seven. I got a lot of dang it. A lot of hate. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, everybody! Everybody was going to get him. Who's yeah. that guy? Well, this was a guy. That's a guy who I had circled. Um, 
I I really was going to consider him in the fourth round if he got to me that far, which obviously he, he wasn't going to. Uh, Jordan Love. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake, talk about the, the pick a little bit. Had you Was he kind of on your radar for a while, or was it something where you know it fell to you there and you're like, okay, he's there. Um, you know, I love the, you, you, what you like the system that he's in. He gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. What was the thought process? He was on my radar the whole time, kind of knowing that he was going to go in that spot. I wasn't sure if Steve would try and poach him at three, six, um, or if, um, you know, somebody else would try and poach maybe Pat, I honestly thought Pat might've done it because Pat has Aaron Rodgers, So it would have made sense for Pat to take, um, Jordan love at one of those three, three or three, four picks that he had. But, um, yeah, I really like the raw ability that he has in the year he had two years ago in college compared to last year. But I think, you know, the value that I'm getting him at, and I think it's almost like a stock you're investing in, in my opinion, is Superflex. Like, I can get him in the third round in two years or three years when he's ready to start, whether that be for the Packers or for another team. I could honestly probably sell him for a late first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like that. I like that mentality. Um you know, I had, I was a little bit more off Jordan Love, but I do like that, you know, this is exactly what he needed. You know, he's still raw. He still makes bad decisions, you know, and you can just see the big glaring weakness that, there in his game. So being able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, and while I don't think Rodgers is going to be a great mentor, kind of like he had with Brett Favre, you know, I think that just watching his habits, watching his film study is going to really help Jordan Love unlock what you know the best t player he could be so and like you said he might not even have to play a down for you to be able to sell him for a first round pick you know if in two years he ends up you know the, the packers still committed to him as their for their starting quarterback you could just be like hey i'm just going to sell him before he plays so we you know so i don't you know if he sucks and you you uh you get that value so exactly yeah, I love I I love the pick again. Um, I actually had Jordan Love as my number three QB ahead of Herbert. Now I think both of those both of those quarterbacks have some weaknesses that they're going to need to to figure out in terms of just you know locking on to, to coverages and reading defenses and things. But yeah, I, I like the pick. Um, I agree with you guys. I thought the Brian Edwards pick at at uh for Corey again at twenty three. You know, just those four first four picks that he had was great. Um, the Ayuk pick next at uh, is it J- Jonah take Ayuk? He was took right? Ayuk, no. but he traded it to Tony. Yeah. Or, or, okay, that's what it was. I'm I'm looking at the board in Flea Flicker, and I just see his name there. But yeah, so we have to the way it works in Flea Flicker is you know you select it, and then we if we had you know verbal trade agreements in place already, so um, it was a little confusing. Um, but yeah, no, this is where some of our veterans went again. So Slayton at 23 Mostert at 24 Alshon at 25 Preston Williams at 28 um really quickly some of the other guys that went in this round uh Chase Claypool at 26 to uh to Steve um and and then Antonio Gibson at 29 and KJ Hamler at 30 to round out what were your thoughts uh, on Gibson at 29 you know, I, that's a guy who I've I haven't looked into quite as much. Um, I, we've watched his film, but I didn't do we didn't do as an extensive you know film breakdown. I, look, he's he's dynamic. I mean, there's a he's kind of like you know him and Lynn Bowden in a way. Um, you know, they offer a lot of the same things. 
I, I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out for me a little bit there. Pat, I, Pat, why don't you weigh in on yeah, the Gibson pick? I kind of did a little bit of scouting in the days in the days leading up to the draft on him, just to make sure that if he I was in a position to draft him, I would know if I wanted to or not. Um, I never really got that opportunity, but I I do. He's a he's a very high variance player. I mean, you know, he's he. I think he is going to be that guy. Like he could easily bust, or he could have a really high upside because there's really not. You know, outside of Terry McLaurin, there's really not a set, you know, really number two guy in that offense. You know, even at running back at wide receiver, they don't really have go to guys. So, you know, a guy like Antonio Gibson could really carve out a role for himself in multiple different ways, depending on how they want to use him. Now, the problem is, is he doesn't really have a set role. So it's just going to come down to that coaching staff and whether you believe in their ability to find a good spot for him and for him to be productive because, you know, he has game breaking ability. Um, I think he'll slot in better as a running back. Uh, but um, he really is that kind of guy that you can really throw all over the field. So I, yeah. I like the pick. Yeah. It's about where he should have went. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that for sure. I, I think that is about where he should have went. He'll, he'll be, yeah. I, I agree. He's going to be a Swiss Army knife. They're going to use him in the return game a little bit. You know, the Redskins organization is um, not that exciting. Uh, it's, you know, it's not a great situation there. Uh, you know, hopefully Haskins can elevate that offense a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Now, in the fourth round, um, we had a couple We had a couple quarterbacks. We had some tight ends go in this round. A couple rookies. Um, you know, Bridgewater and Hurts at the top. And then it went Anthony McFarland at 33. Um, and then a few of the tight ends. I, Jake, let me ask you this. Out of, we had a bunch of tight, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to, you know, we had a lot of tight ends taken in this draft. Um, uh, you know, some veterans. We, you know, Gronk went at 40, 34, which I can't say I'm in love with that pick. Hayden Hurst, uh, Gasicki, Johnu Smith. I ended up taking um, Dawson Knox a little later. Um, Cole Komet, the rookie went at the end of the fifth round out of all these tight ends. What do we make of this? Do we think any of these guys could, could break out? Who do you like to be a factor moving forward? I think Gasicki was a great pick just because pairing him with Tua, he might really take off. Um, I think Hayden Hurst was a safe pick. I think you're going to see tight end eight to tight end 10 production this year from him, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know if I ever see him get into that top three tight end, Hayden Hurst. I just don't see it. Um, the other good picks were uh, Ian Thomas. I really like him this year. I'm telling you, he's going to step right in there, and I think he's going to be a you know nice safety valve for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I love that pick, especially where he got him. Um, yeah, he got him know, way late. Yeah, right at the end of the sixth, or no, at the end of the seventh. Seven. Yeah. That was a great pick. You know, he was the last of the guys, at least the last of the tight ends that I had in my kind of top tier. Um, I also liked Swan, where you went with with picking up Dawson Knox. Um, and I had my guy, um, John U. Smith. I was going back and forth between John U. Smith and Dawson Knox. Uh, but I th- I like both of their kind of upside this year. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, the Dawson Knox Knox pick, uh, you know, I have, um, I have both Eagles tight ends. So I needed somebody, I needed a third tight end there just to work with that bye week. I probably could have picked somebody up down the road, but yeah, I liked, 
I like getting him where I, I got him. But I agree with you guys. There were some really good picks at tight end. Um, agree with the Ian Thomas pick, you know, especially that late. When we get into the seventh, eighth rounds of these rookie and free agent drafts, you know, there's a lot of dart throws here. Guys that are eventually going to be cut from teams. Um, but hey, I mean, you can also, there are players that you can throw on. We have two taxi squad spots as well, which opens up things a little bit more for rosters as well. All right, guys, let, why don't we move on and, and let's talk about, uh, draft grades to wrap this thing up. So we talked about a few of the drafts that we really liked. Pat, I thought you had an excellent draft overall, especially with all the draft capital that you had getting Burrow, Dobbins, Rager, Moss. I loved it. Even Slayton, the veteran pick. Uh, with your fifth one was great. Anthony McFarland, the Quintez Cephas pick, man, we talked about him a lot and we both really liked him. I actually thought he had top seven or top eight upside as a wide receiver in this class. So I love that at 39. I agree. I think I'd give you an A there. I thought Tony did an excellent job as well. Um, you know, Hilaire, he got Lamb, Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Preston Williams, Hayden Hurst, Devin Duvernay, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he did a great job. I thought those two were really good. I thought Corey did an excellent job as well. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, uh, Brian Edwards. We talked about Gasicki. Um, yeah, I thought I thought all three of those teams were were definitely winners. Um, Jake, I'll start with you. Do you share that same sentiment with you know those three teams being near the top? I would see those are the cream of the crop for sure. Yeah, real quick, I'd like I'd like to point out too. I really liked uh, the Jacob Eason pick for Corey. You know, I think he's a he's a kind of a sneaky taxi squad guy. That you know, depending on what happens with um, with Philip Rivers, you know, Jacob Eason could step in there in a year or two and say and and get an opportunity. I don't know if he's going to be good, you know, but he's a guy that you could stash on the end of your be- under the deep benches and and could play dividends down the road. And I think Tony Pollard was a great pick too. Um, at the end, at the mid seventh, uh, you know, as a guy that could be used a little bit more this year as a gadget guy. So um, I, I really liked what he did with this draft. And not to mention, Pat got DJ Dallas at 53. That was a hell of a pick, too. No, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that pick as well. Um, and then even you get Josh Reynolds at 63, who, you know, Van Jefferson is, is, I know they picked him in the second round, but if he's, you know, doesn't work out. They, he's not. He's no good. Or the foot like, still, or his foot injury Josh still Reynolds. holds him back. You know, uh, or yeah. any of those guys get injured. You know, Josh Reynolds has really stepped up well whenever anybody has shown some signs of injury. I still think he's a very good receiver. Just kind of waiting until his time was right, and now it's his time to shine. So I loved it. Okay, so we 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 agree that all three of those teams did really well. Um, Jake, look. I thought you had some good picks too. And I know you're very excited about your draft. Why don't you, why don't you kind of put in your word for your team, why you think you had one of the best drafts? Yeah. And I mean, obviously I'm biased, but my draft grades, I have two A pluses and three A minuses. And I'm one of those A minuses more so because I did as best I could with what I had. DeAndre Swift falling to me. Great. I took Moster in the third Jordan Love in the third, and then I loved my fourth round pick in Gandy Golden. Great taxi squad guy. I don't need him for a couple years, but I, he's a potential. You know, he's got the physique to turn out to be a star. He's just got to, you know, figure it out, see if his game translates the NFL. I love that fourth round pick. And then I took Stidham in the 
uh, early sixth round, which to get a starting quarterback in the early sixth round, young guy, if he, if he pops, I got a stud just like Pat did last year with Danielle Jones. Yeah, I, I really liked, I liked your, your draft up until that point. Your last three picks, I really wasn't a fan of. You know, I, I think there were other guys like, uh, you know, there's people I like better than Deshaun Jackson. I get that, you know, he does offer some high upside if he does play well. Um, but, you know, there's just other guy, like like I said, Josh Reynolds, that I like better. A couple of running backs still on the board that I was a fan of. Um, Tyrod, you know, and Mark and Marquise Lee, I think, is just an, just a guy, you know. So the last three picks, again, that's a very small point to nick, nitpick with. I ended up giving you a B-plus. Um, so a little bit behind where you're at, but not by much. So I like your draft overall. Okay, Pat, in 60 seconds, make your case for the best, you having the best draft. Well, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, you get the number one guy with Joe Burrow. Um, I got a future stud in J.K. Dobbins, had a, a elite, potentially even the number one this year wide receiver with Jalen Rager. You know, you come back with a guy like Zach Moss, who I think is going to give solid like RB3 type production this year, potentially with a lot of touchdown upside. Um, Darius Slayton is is another really amazing wide receiver kind of, and he's extremely young. He's, he's younger than some of the, some of the guys that are some of the wide receivers in this draft. Um, you know, I love it. I love what Anthony McFarland does. You know, I, I think we were both big fans of him in terms of his game breaking ability. Um and Cephas, you know, Johnny Smith, they're both really high guys on my side. And then DJ come around now with DJ Dallas and Josh Reynolds. I don't see how you could hate that draft. You know, I filled a lot of needs. I got good players across the board. And really, I'm going to have some hard cuts coming up here at the end, at the uh, start of the season. Very, very well done. Very well done. Yeah, you had, a, you had an excellent draft. Uh, we all know that. Um, yeah, I mean, DJ yeah. Dallas, honestly, you, he could be walking into the year as the number two running back in that in that organization then they have a history of kind of taking these lower uh thought of guys not i mean not saying dj dallas is lower thought of but you know he's not considered one of the even the top you know six seven guys in his class um and really turn him into studs so i i really think he's got a lot a lot of upside going into the end of the year okay let's uh why don't we run through all of the draft grades then quickly um and and when I say quickly, let's let's try to wrap the do this thing in maybe two minutes, uh, and, and talk about each team and their overall grade that you gave them. So, uh, Jake, I'll, I'll start with you. Do you want to run through? Do you have some grades that you handed out for each owner? Yep, I'll run through the grades here real quick. So Pat and Tony, I gave A pluses. Corey, Jonah, and myself, I gave A minuses. Dwayne. With what he had to work with, I gave him a B plus. Taking Jefferson there, he finally took the right guy. Swan, I gave a B. Um, Mitchell and Steve, I gave C's. And Roops, I gave an F because that was just pitiful. But the I'd say the one ones that most stand out are Swan with a B. Um, you know, I I just don't think some of your picks, your Chenault pick, your Acres pick. I just feel like I don't know. I would have went different guys there. So that's my feelings on those. I don't know. I, I personally, I don't know if I could have done a lot different with those picks to make a huge to difference. Cause I, I feel like it was kind of came down. To, like, let's say this, like, let's say I took Deandre Swift and Denzel Mims. Does that give me an a minus? No, it probably gives you a B plus. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, it, I think it would. I think I would like your draft a little bit better. I, I do like Cam Akers, but Mims is. I think I had Mims like one spot behind Rager on my board. Um, now, I just think like you know, you while you you might have done what you could like the best you could have with your positioning. That doesn't mean that you didn't have like a, a mediocre draft. You know, if, I mean, if you'd have been better positioned or you'd have moved up down the board, I get that. You know, you're saying that, yeah, I did best with what I could have done, but still was an um, okay draft. And I could honestly see you coming out of the year with one guy out of this draft that ends up being a long term starter. You know, Cam Akers, Chenault, those are those are guys that could bust to me. But and Jefferson could easily need. bust. So you know, it could be a down year for your draft. But I mean, I like all these guys too. So. Um, it was just an okay draft for me. Expect kind of say same thing as you told me last year, just with your situation and what happened. It just wasn't didn't work out for you. And you have all three, right. and you have three first round picks next year, so you'll be all right. So, yeah, yeah, I think you'll be fine. Ah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my, I'm I'm so excited. And I, I have six six picks in the first three rounds next year. I'm so excited. And I really did like the Sammy Watkins pick. I mean, I know I was sitting here like talking to you, like, dude, how the hell is Sammy Watkins still on the board? It doesn't make sense. Um, so I at yeah, forty-seven. Yeah, I love I love that pick just because I mean he's he's gonna be he's gonna produce some some types of numbers this year and have him just well, hanging I, out on your board, hanging out on your team is not a bad thing. Yeah, and I guess while I'm kind of beating the drum on my own team here, I actually I really like that I got Benny Snell at sixty-seven. Like I don't know where James Connor's gonna be next year. Do you he get injured? Like, right we know. Where, I mean, he could get injured in training camp, and then you're probably seeing Benny Snell walk in day one as a starter right well even even so i mean where i can throw benny snell in my taxi squad where's james connor going to be playing football in 2021 exactly exactly like he's not under contract not like i said and i mean i don't know if i don't jalen samuels isn't a three down back and who the hell knows i mean anthony mcfarland's not either no no he's so not. um yeah i think i think that could that could end up paying dividends down the road it won't this year but it could at some point and swan Swan, we would be doing the fans a disservice if we did not say <laughs> who your last pick was of the draft. Mike Boone. <laughs> we were watching. Uh, we were watch. So this was uh, last preseason. We were watching a Vikings. I think it was Vikings Jags or something like that. It was a preseason game. I can't think of the Vikings uh, whole um, team announcer right now off the top of my the name, but he is awesome. If you ever listen to the guy, like. He he's just one of my favorite like team announcers to listen to, and Mike Boone is just r- rumbling off like run after run, and he's I mean he's owning this drive right, and he bounced off a couple tackles and and he just the announcer just and ever since then it's just been it's just been our thing like yeah. kind of like it's kind of like Taylor Gabriel like he's he's the, the past he's the past. Yeah. He's forever the guy who's going to catch four passes for 50 yards, get six, seven targets a game. He'll never have more than, you know, seven, six, seven hundred yards in a season. He's just taken, you're gonna, taken away from other people's stat line. You're going to absolutely hate him. He's the pest. He's It's Pest Gabriel. Like He's the ultimate <laughs> pest. Like Mike Boone is forever Mike Boone. Like in, in it's in lore. Like it's, it's, it's just in stone. So I had to take Mike Boone with my last pick, knowing I'll probably end up cutting him. But, Anyway, um, all right. Uh, sorry, Jake. Did we? Did I get through all your grades there, Pat? Do you want to? Yep, I got all mine done. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pat, what? Why, why don't you weigh in with your grades, and then we'll wrap this thing up. 
Yeah, I had me and Tony with with A pluses. I had uh, Corey with an A minus, and then I ended up having Jake and D with B plus. You know, I love D's picks, getting Teddy Bridgewater. Um, a little later, Josh Kelly is another really big big name. I really like that pick from D. Um, I had Steve as a C plus. Oh, sorry, I, I skipped over you. Uh, Swan and Jonah were both Bs. Jonah, I just didn't care for his later picks. Jalen Hurts and in the early fourth, I just thought that was a big reach. And kind of his two last guys I wasn't a big fan of. Swan, like I said, you did good with what you could, but just things didn't fall your way to really give you that that pop. Um, Steve had a C plus. Mitch had a C. You know, Mitch kind of I, – I just didn't really understand where Mitch was going with his draft. Antonio Gibson's a good pick. Herbert's a good pick, but other than that, didn't care for what he had and then roops you know again an f he had an old team and he somehow made it older (laughs) (laughs) jeffrey perryman golden tate jack doyle that's not a single young guy in there i don't mean like you like you were saying earlier swan um i don't even know if he has enough guys to put on the taxi squad we have two taxi squad spots and they need to be in their first or second year he has paris campbell and that might be it yeah, I it it's we literally just talked about that. It's it's crazy to think of like his team is so old, it's so but old. Hey, again, I, I I plug the numbers in and and you look at his team from a just this year standpoint. He's still got a he's still got a very competitive team. Um, so um, good luck. You better win it this year because you won't come. T- you won't be touching it for a few years. <laughs> uh, yeah, take care of business now because it's going to be. Oh boy. It's going to be a long rebuild. His yeah. team might get worse than what Dwayne's was a couple He's going to be looking up to, he's going to be looking up to Dwayne. Group yeah, might no be the doormat that. of the league. Uh, uh all right guys, let's wrap it up with this question. I'm going to put you guys Dr. in this. Doormat. Uh, yeah, Dr. Doormat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh let's I'm going to put you guys on the spot here, Jake. I'm going to start with you. Give me a guy, not uh, you know, not one of the star guys in the first round. Give me a player I don't even want to hear Justin Jefferson or Jalen Regor. Um, give me a guy who's going to be a stud, who's going to be a perennial. He might even be a pro bowler for years to come. In Maybe in, he's in the middle rounds. Give give me that guy who's going to break out, who nobody's really talking about. That isn't on your team. <laughs> That's a lot of things we're excluding. Yeah, yeah. All right, so after all those uh, mandates... <laughs> I'm going to go with, honestly, I'm thinking, honestly, I liked him, and he did go before some of those guys, but T. Higgins, I love that pick. I, I You know, it is 15th overall, but I, I think fine. that was great yeah. value for him. But honestly, I would take T. Higgins over Henry Ruggs. That's just me. Okay. Okay. I like it. I actually I like think it. I would. I actually think I would have, too, just as a, a side note. I think I would have taken Higgins over, over Ruggs as well. Um, Pat, how about you? Under the radar guy, he's going to be a perennial pro bowler. Perennial pro bowler. Um, I'm going to, I mean, if, if I was going to say a guy on my team, I would hundred percent be picking Quintez Cephas just because he's an absolute stud. Um, but outside of that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just say Jordan Love. I think Jake, you know, you got a really high upside guy, uh, in the third round. And I think, you know, considering where your team's at, where your quarterback situation's at, it was a, it was something you kind of needed. All right. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, let me pick a guy really quick. Um, 
I hate to be a homer. I, I'm going to say my guy after this, just so I don't sound like a homer. I'll give my actual pick and then my, uh, oh boy, <laughs> then my my uh, homer pick homer too. Pick. Um, oh man, I tell you what, I think this could be sneaky, and I don't, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, lead the league in rushing or anything. But how about Joshua Kelly for the Chargers? I was thinking that one too. So I, I, I like, I like the landing spot and I thought he did some good things that when we watched him at the senior bowl, um, I need to go back and watch his tape some more, but uh, Joshua Kelly's my pick. If there's one guy who I don't have all that much confidence in, um, it's, uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Austin Eckler. Uh, I think Joshua Kelly could be that guy. So I'll say Joshua Kelly. Now I'm going to look, I'm going to be a homer. And I, I really believe this. I think Van Jefferson has a chance to be pretty freaking good. I think he is a professional, love the tape, professional route runner, professional route runner. Though. And I think he's going to really separate in press man coverage. Well, he's definitely old. He's going to be 24. Re- yeah. Well, he's really going to be somebody who excels against press man and the things that I think you can w- like that are going to translate to the next level. Uh, now I know none of his tape like really stood out. Like you're not like, Oh wow, this guy's like a, a really good athlete or he's, he doesn't have like a ton of production at the college level. Um, I don't know. I have a, I have a sneaky good feeling that he's going to be pretty freaking good. So. I just don't, I think he's going to be good. I don't see the pro bowl level. You know, I think he's just saying, I think he's a cap. I think he's already reached his, his, his ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like he's an older player. He's not all that athletic. He's already mastered route running to a T. So I, I think he's going to be a solid fantasy player if he can get into a role that allows him to see volume. I just don't see him being a game breaker. Well, we'll see. We will see. And guys, look, this is always a blast. Um, I just love breaking this, breaking these these rookie and, and free agent drafts down especially now that we don't have any sports really to watch uh, until the fall. It's it, these are tough times that we're in. I think we can all agree on that. So um, yeah, really, really, really good draft. And uh, well, I guess until, until next, until we get into um, we're, we of course need to talk about our post draft rankings, me and Pat, and we're going to, I need to do another p- podcast on the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about best of the rest guys that we didn't get to. Um, all that's coming up for dynasty purposes, but, uh, but, but this was good guys. Thanks for, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for giving, um, you know, your takes and your grades on all of our, for all of our owners. We'll be releasing this podcast here probably tomorrow. Um, but yeah, until next time, thanks again, everybody for listening in to pad the stats. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.